What it is, what is up, what is good gamers? This is Shonef71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, y'all. And your auditory canals are tuned into episode 179 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. As usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime first on deck. We got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. the gamer stepdaddy. What's going on, man? Nah, not much. Just uh, happy to be here with you two fine fellows, as always, talking about games. Uh, but <clears throat> got a couple of really quick channel announcements that I want to go over. Uh, first thing. We are, uh, I know a while ago we talked about our uh, rolling credits and really wanted to get people uh, to, to finish their games and to post them on um, on our site, on uh, on our Discord. And so that's what we're doing. And so we, we talked about it and we're doing a rolling credits giveaway. So uh, we're going to create a channel called Rolling Credits uh, on our Discord and just post your credits um, in there, in there, you know. And uh, you can win uh, a fantastic prize if you are the one that has rolled the most credits uh, in the calendar year of 2022. Uh, so far in the lead, because we sort of started this a little bit earlier as sort of like, you know, maybe we'll do this, maybe we won't. We were talking about it. And so the person who has been, uh, who has rolled the most credits is our listener, John BT. So so if you want to, if you want to make sure that you beat out, you know, old John BT, make sure you go and you start playing those credits. Uh, you start playing those games and rolling those credits. Now, a couple caveats, um, like uh, deck builders or roguelikes and stuff like that, those don't count. Uh, it needs to be an actual game, you know, of, upwards of about fifteen to twenty hours of playtime. Like it needs to be like a real game uh, that you can roll credits on, you know. So. That's kind of the stipulation because, you know, people over here just just beating games left and right. You know, classic games do count, but you have to roll the credits on them and then post the credits um, in on our Discord. Um, if you want to give a little review about your experience, that, that would be great. We might select a couple to actually read on the show. So uh, this is your chance to play these games and get rewarded for it. So, um, so yeah, if you have any questions... Definitely uh, leave them in our Discord. Um, uh, hit us up at Twitter um, and just let us know your thoughts. Um, so uh, that giveaway ends on December 31st, 2022. So get out there and do it. Uh, and of course, unfortunately, the three of us are not eligible to win, uh, but we will be playing oh. along. Um, we will be playing along and we will be posting our. <laughs> Our, our credits as well, you know, just kind of keep the fires burning. So, and our second uh, announcement is just a little bit of a channel uh, status uh, and, and the stats of the channel, uh, because we've been going around, we've been doing this for a while and we really wanted, um, we really wanted people to, um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to come in and actually um, know uh, what's going on with the channel. So, uh, quick thing, we started in 2016. Uh, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it actually was. Wow. Uh, I know, right? Um, 
We have over 180 tracks. Contrary to uh, what it says, we actually have an extra track, which was a special a special uh, show that we did. So we technically have 180 tracks. Um, and we have over 17,000 plays. So thank you so much, everyone. Who has been playing? Uh, who has been who has been uh, listening to us? Uh, the wow. episode that has the most plays is episode sixty nine. Cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. With giggity, uh, giggity. right with one hundred and ninety eight plays. I got to go back and see what we talked about <laughs> yeah, in that show. I'm curious now too. Nice. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Uh, the top three countries that tune in are the U.S., the U.K., and Belgium. So thank you, all of our U.K. and Belgium listeners. The top cities in the world who listen are Columbus, Ohio, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and good old Fresno, California. Woohoo! So just want to give you a little bit of, uh, again, a little bit of uh, stats of the channel. Um, I was trying to work out the averages of how many we most people listen to, but we usually get about, you know, 55 to about 70 uh, uh, unique listeners. So if you have friends out there who really like uh, who really like gaming channels and gaming podcasts, please send them our way and maybe they'll you know maybe they'll like us. I don't know you know but 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 we but we really want to say thank you to uh, to all of you who continue to tune in and listen. We really appreciate it. But I just want to give you a little bit of announcements, uh, just so you know what's going on with the channel, like I said. But but that's all for me. So uh, back at you, Kev. All right. And, of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just uh, maximizing more like I'm spending lots of gaming dollars. So, God. Uh, got my OLED, of course, seen this the last couple of weeks. But guess what? I, I wanted another OLED. I bought the 65-inch C1. And I'm getting that on Tuesday, the day before my birthday. So I have two new OLED TVs to pine over. So pine I just, over? Not pining yes. over. You're, you're going to be sitting there like, oh, <laughs> You're gonna be like, oh, yeah, over it. more like, and uh, eh, you know, afterwards, it's like, you know, just looking at the quality of the picture, and I know that the whole thing with the black frame insertion being taken out of the C2, I was just like, just wanted to just go for it, and so, um, you know, hell with it. And uh, actually, because of the fact that I was buying a new TV for the living room, I went in and bought a second PlayStation 5. So I could maximize Damn. my my time uh, in both spaces uh, on here. So yeah, so I'm going all in with the my cojones out, you know. That's awesome. Get your get your money. Get your get your get your Stim- happiness. Stimulating this economy. Get your happiness, buddy. Got there it. You go. So, but yeah, the setup uh, pretty much it's uh, done in the dan, and so I got. Um, Total of what, a PS5 Series X, a Switch. Um, I hooked up my PC in my little den area. So I got three monitors with OLED being the third monitor. So I could actually use that as a uh, driver just in case I want to sit down and, and get some couch gaming going on. I don't necessarily have to huddle over my monitors uh, to play PC games. So I think that's a cool 
aspect of that. And then I also drug out my Wii U and also my uh, one of my PS3s, and so I have both of those hooked up as well. So, so right. and I really, awesome. I really, I really thought about how to maximize the space and to be able to go ahead. And I drug out an old uh, surround sound system I haven't been using in a while. It's the same one me and you have, Kev, the uh, Logitech, the um, with the Z5500. I forgot the actual like name designation, but it's like an old, older than old goodie like, you know, really good surround sound system. And so it's like, but it's kind of old school. It just like uses uh, optical inputs as the main input on there, but uh, still, still a good, good sound system for sure. So. Yeah, I'm going to have to replace mine pretty soon. The uh, control center is starting to go out. It yeah, just mine's... shuts off for oh, no this... reason. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mine, my, my, uh, power light flickers and then my remote's kind of on its last legs because the uh, coil and the um, battery area is kind of given out so mm-hmm. to fudge around it, with it so it said no thank you sir i'm dying <laughs> but sorry know, sir so i'm gonna be able to get some maximize my uh, value on that surround sound system at least so well, otherwise, yeah, I'm looking forward to you know, I have most of this next week coming up off for my birthday week. And so I'm going to definitely be uh, getting this TV through its paces and then getting the living room C1 and getting that hooked up and taken care of and kind of just enjoying things. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, for a living room setup, I'm going to have with the PS5, a Switch. Um, I have another PC I'm going to be able to hook up and then I bought a... Uh, a dock for the Steam Deck, and so I could either hook it up to the C1 in here, the 48 inch, or I'll probably put it out in the living room. Possibly just do it that way, since I already have it hooked up to a computer at the moment. So, so just trying to maximize my space and you know getting all my games on. So, and so I'm gonna also to work on my little retro setup. I still have a old school LG plasma that I haven't turned on in years, but uh, I want to get that kind of set up with like stuff like Saturn and PS1, PS2, that kind of thing. So yeah, that'll be a really fun. I can't wait to see it. Well, you could come and help me put it together. How about that? Jing, jing. Um, sure. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> sure. So that's, that's my ins and outs of, for the last like, you know, week on there so all right up to okay so with that we're going to and also um uh thanks des for uh providing those some of those uh factoids about what's going on with the channel i meant to say that but i didn't mean to go right into the, to, oh, to continue okay. with the intro so uh thank you for that and thanks for uh keeping us on our toes with regards to finishing those games so yeah uh, yeah, that's something that we, I know I'm looking at, looking at my, I'm falling a little bit behind this year, uh, cause, cause I think some, uh, uh, couple of, uh, uh, games, some games like Outriders are just taking like the lion's share of my gaming time <laughs> over the course of, uh, the past few months. So. Well, you were, you were <laughs> second, you know, you I'm, were second only to John BT, so. So, um so yeah. he oh. he's the one that's really been put in work so put in work yep 
So shout out to him. Shout out to everybody playing and finishing their games. Mm -hmm. So as usual, our first topic on our docket is going to be the playlist. All right, uh, Des, let's start with you. What you been playing, man? Uh, what have I been playing? Uh, <clears throat> the main thing that I've been playing is uh, Stray. If you have not played that game, you are really missing out. That game is so much fun. Um, and as a cat lover, it just it just speaks to me as a <clears throat> as a fur fur papa. You know, I have I have my I have my two cats, and I just I just love it. It is y- you really get to embody um, what it means to be a cat. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but uh, you really get to do a lot of stuff. But the thing, as a cat, but the thing that's really interesting that they don't really tell you about is while you get to be a cat and do cat things, you you actually uh, are still like a human player. So so you are, and you have this little drone that kind of flies with you and you're trying to help him solve a, a solve a mystery because you are literally tra- you you are a cat trapped in this domed c- or into the in the city i haven't gotten that far in it i mean actually i've gotten pretty far actually but um you're you start off you're like a baby cat and you fall into this into this place and then you have to find your way out and you meet these you meet these robots <clears throat> who are also trying to get out and there's this one robot who's just, or this drone that's on your back, who who, who talks to you, um, who who basically um, is trying to find out what happened to all the the squishy people or the humans. Um, and that's pretty much the crux of the of the uh, of the game. And then you go around and you look for stuff, and you and you you solve puzzles, and and there's light really light uh, elements you're not really fighting as you're as you're running past these they're called zerks <clears throat> and they're like these weird kind of you know plant or biological stuff that's just trying to eat you and they eat the computer they they eat the they basically just eat anything they're, they're like these little you know grubby things that just run after you and if they catch you they eat you and then you're dead but the thing that's really kind of interesting about it is even though you play as a cat, you still have like your human brain. So you as you as the cat are figuring it out and the and the robot is talking to you as the cat, but you are a person. So so it kind of makes it it it, it, it <clears throat> it's different. Like I'm not I don't want to say that I'm like complaining or anything because I am not far from it. I think I think the way that they integrate being a cat is very fun, but I would have liked it if you if you were the um, if you were the robot and the cat kind of freely did its own thing because you are controlling the cat. And and so you are the one that does, you know, cat things. But it would be more interesting, in, in my opinion, if you were actually, you know, had to coax this cat to do what it's supposed to do, like really play like the cat is your partner, but you are the cat. And it's just how they how they how they put it all together is just very interesting because you know you're figuring out stuff as a human, not as the cat. So so that and I think that would be really kind of hard for them to to actually make that happen because of how 
you know, how they built the game. Um, so I, I hope you're understanding what I'm saying, you know, and what I'm and what I'm meaning. Right. You're kind of getting what I'm saying. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm not completely talking like a madman. <laughs> but, you know, so, so but, would you say it's breaking the fourth wall? No, not at all. It does not break the fourth okay. wall at all. Okay. Not at all. You know, you are literally a cat. You walk around. You you rub up against uh, robot legs. You you find places to sleep. You find, you know, stuff for the robots, and you help the ro- you're helping the robots escape um, their fate. Uh, and and you're trying to get out of 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 this city. You know, so. And and to find the mystery about what happened to the to the actual inhabitants of this place, so that's that's the basis of the game. And you are the cat doing it. You run around, you purr, you can swipe at things, um, and the cutscenes are are great. The robots, how they act, are really hilarious uh, because the robots um, basically were built as a, a slave you know, slaves because they were they were the robots that they were they were the servant class. And then the humans just kind of went away for some reason. You have no idea why. And then the robots basically just continue to do uh they basically continue to 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 emulate the humans. And so so they eat, but there's no reason for them to eat. And so they get cold, but there's no reason for them to get cold. So it's all this kind of interesting programming that that they do. So so it doesn't get into any philosophical things or anything like that. It's just this very, you know, interesting kind of introspection about like, you know, the robots and what they're trying to do. At least that's as far as I have gotten. I haven't gotten, uh, I'm getting ready. You start in the slums and then you have to work your way up to the top to get out, you know, and I just, and I'm just working my way out of of the first slummy area of, of the slum area. So, but uh, it's a really fun game. It, 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 it moves perfectly. It's smooth like butter. I am playing it on uh, PS Plus, uh, my PS Plus subscription, because it's not out um, yet physically. And I'm going to buy it. I'm probably going to double dip because I think anyone who is going to make a game like this deserves to get, you know, double points. <laughs> so I'm probably I'm going to buy the PS4 version for Paul because Paul is the one that plays on our PS Pro. So I'll buy him a version and then I will most likely buy a PS5 version for myself because this is a game that I want to own. It is that good. So so that is um if you haven't played it yet, I do think that you should give it a try. I do think that you will enjoy it immensely. Um I'm not gonna lie, you have to you have to kind of like cats because you are a cat person. Like you have to be a kind of a I mean, you don't have to be like a cat person person, you know, but it really does help because the cat is just freaking adorable, you know, and this is I don't want to I'm not going to spoil anything. But but when he gets the uh, the robot, the little drone, they have a, they have a couple funny interactions um, as they get used to each other. But but it's definitely it's definitely worth a um, a playthrough. And again, if you have it on PS, the PS Plus or exclusive or whatever it's called. Um, you can you can play it with your subscription. So there is literally no reason why you cannot stop um, and play the game. So yeah. I definitely think that you should. You can play the PS4 or PS5 version. So yeah, but I only have I only have one account. So oh, you could uh, basically what you could do is um, 
make the main account the living room PS4. And that way anyone could play anything that you download on there and just sign into your PS5 that's in your game den. Yeah. Look at Joe trying to stop people from getting their money. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> you, you know, another thing, you might want to consider uh, getting the PC version because uh, there's a mod that lets you put your own cat in the game. Oh, yeah. I've seen a couple of weird mods for that. Like, you can put, uh, like, um, what is it? Like, Goku um, or some other people as the cat. I'm just like, so yeah, spiral. okay. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah, that's fun, but uh, y- y'all are just being silly right now, you know. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it, but I'm just like, come on, y'all, come on, don't be silly. But, but yeah, and then the other game that I've been playing is uh, No Man's Sky. The uh, the new expansion came out, um, and it's good. Like, I honestly am not super super deep in the game. I play it, and I play the. Um, uh, the expedition came out as well and so like they they did a whole bunch of patches added some more stuff to it um fixed a whole bunch of bugs um created a couple new bugs but that's to be expected whenever you do a um whatever you do a um uh an expansion or 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 bug fixes you know you're bound to get other bugs these games are not perfect so um but again, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I I think this new expansion or this new expedition, uh, really gets you to work with your um, what are they called? Uh, work with your um, um, what's it called? Um, your freighter. So you can basically work with your freighter, uh, to um make it better you know it's like some of these things uh some of these ex- uh, expeditions are are ways to kind of get you back into uh back into the game or 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 give you kind of a leg up um if you don't want to go through a lot of the other the other stuff that they have because you can get all this stuff just by playing the game but sometimes the expeditions will give you uh really cool stuff for doing it a certain way uh in a certain time so i thought that was kind of cool and um, I'm playing it right now, and it and it really feels fun. It really feels fun. So I'm definitely going to continue to play it at least for a little while. I like this game as it's a as it's kind of a you can just kind of put it put it on and continue to do what you're doing, and and it's fun. You don't have to worry about it. So so I I really have been enjoying it, and I plan to play it. Um, I plan to play it more. So. Um, and Joe, if you want to play it some more, we definitely can. So, oh yeah, no, it's something I definitely want to get back to. I know that I played it for I think a couple of days with you, and then mm-hmm. uh, kind of filed it away because we're playing other stuff. So, yeah. But yeah, I'm definitely uh, interested in playing it, playing it some more with you if you would like. Um, I definitely think you should play the expedition. I think you would have a really fun time with it. So definitely play the expedition if you get a chance. I think you'd I think you'd enjoy it. Will do, man. All uh, right. but that's all that I've been playing. So okay. uh yeah, kick it over to who's next. All right, Joe, let's hear from you, buddy. Uh, I haven't been playing much. I've been playing the hook things up game, but uh what I have played uh some Tiny Tina Wonderlands a little bit more with my uh spore warden on there, so uh, 
kind of chance to doink around it just in the beginning levels of course and then uh i think i was uh joining you des for a bit and we played with my other character with my berserker yeah i need to play that some more like i that's a game that i really want to beat so i need to i need to just kind of get it done and do that so Oh, definitely got me interested in possibly going back to Borderlands 3, but I'm definitely going to play Tiny Tina's first before I circle back to that mm. on there. Uh, only other thing I played this past week is uh, during our game night, uh, our listener, uh, Crucial Chase, basically wanted to go back to the world of Valheim. And, uh, Valheim. And, uh, Valheim, yes. And I was trying to rope you two gentlemen to come back to Valheim, but yeah, that's a no-go on there but yeah valheim is the survival sandbox game that we all played on steam with chase like i think about what about four weeks six weeks ago on here but he's been messing around with the world that he created to have us in and he created a uh, a pig um barn, pig farm. yes pig farm with uh, some names like you know uh like uh, i forgot the name of um my particular pig that was named after me. I'm sorry, Chase, if I can't it was remember. Like, is it like Jabroni Chops or some shit? Like, like, yeah, Jabroni Chops. There you go. No, it wasn't like that, that, but it should have been Jabroni Chops. And then <laughs> it was uh, Nemo Pigger and then Kevin Bacon, of course. So Yeah, you know. Kevin Bacon, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, Chase let me, oh, let's let's try one of the bosses. And, yeah, I was just kind of That was helping. hilarious, hearing you struggle and die constantly. And you and you being in your menu for forever. And he was like, Joe, why would you menu? I need your help. And I'm like, this is Joe. This is what Joe does. He loves his menus. <laughs> oh, you kind of cut to the chase there, Buster. But yeah. We but it was hilarious. It was funny. Well, let me explain what we were doing. And then you okay. could reiterate that. It was funny. Yeah, um, uh, we were trying a dungeon so we chase could pick up like a few of these items so we could start doing a particular type of armor, I guess. On here shows you how much I know, but uh, we kept going in, and I guess the skeletons that were in there were all like level one skeletons, and uh, it got so bad that the area where the dungeon was at, uh, there was a lot of uh, enemies spawning in that general area too as well. So we kept dying and having to walk back, and uh, basically once you die in the game, you are resurrected in your home bed, but you're naked, and you basically <laughs> skirt your skirt your way across the map to grab your items. You're naked and there. afraid. Yep, naked and afraid indeed. On there, I'd be afraid if I was walking around that world naked, especially with Chase. No, I'm just kidding. Chase. Wow. <laughs> Damn. Sorry, Chase. You know, usually naked and afraid, it's a, a one man and one female. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good with whatever's clever. So it's all good. It's just a game, though. But uh, enjoyed ourselves. Um, died plenty of times. I was like running on less than five hours of sleep. So. It's kind of delirious, and I was actually having fun being delirious and playing it at the same time. So, And the game's not bad. I just want to be able to know what I'm doing, and so I might actually decide to create a world on my own and, and kind of doink around, build my own huts, and kind of get a feel for uh, the uh, whole survival elements and the sandbox elements of it. Because, you know, going out and uh, creating your own weapons and killing random pigs and deers and showing the skeletons the gameplay is actually kind of fun and the boss fight that me and chase did it was fun too it, it, you know it wasn't like you know 
Dark Souls-esque, but you could say it's kind of in the same wheelhouse. It's like someone like cross-sped between a Dark Souls game and Minecraft or something like that was kind of the, the, the feeling I got from it. But, uh, you know, we'll have to see once this game comes out for uh, the Xbox series um, consoles and uh, comes out on Games Pass if this will get more momentum going. I don't know if you two gentlemen would try it once it hits Games Pass or not, but... Oh, I have no idea. Uh, I don't have Game Pass. Yeah. Other than that, that's all I've been up to this past week as far as games are concerned. So. Okay, well, for me, it's been kind of uh, just real-life stuff happening, helping uh, with uh, uh, helping my mom out with some stuff. Um, as far as gaming, I have... I, I was able to get a little bit of gaming in. Uh, I've been playing... What have I been playing? Oh, uh, I started Ghost of Tsushima, finally. Finally. And uh, that game is fantastic. I mm. I really don't know if... Uh, if I would have played... Did... Because, did, like, did... Last of Us 2 came out in 2020, right? Mm-hmm. And Tsushima so. came out in 2019? Sounds about right. Okay. Um, I know for 2020, uh, Last of Us 2 was my game of the year. If I would have played Ghosts, I don't know if I would be able to say that. Uh, because just right, just where I'm at, where I'm at right now, very, very early in the game, the character, the character development is, it's at Naughty Dog level status. It's, you're already seeing decisions that both in dialogue and in the actions that you take, uh, some things are kind, are kind of scripted, but some things are not early on in this it's setting the path for uh Jin's uh, kind of conversion uh from uh from his uh samurai uh rules of engagement and beliefs to taking on what would be considered less than honorable tactics uh in warfare and it it's the the, the character development is just absolutely fantastic and just as fantastic is the combat i am mm-hmm. loving this combat it is um you get stances you have uh, auxiliary weapons that you can uh deploy mid combo sticky bombs are my favorite <laughs> you have a guy one of those one of those these uh big dudes charging you with the with the the body size shield you toss a sticky bomb at him roll out of the way and he just he just goes flying <laughs> at the explosion it is just absolutely grand the there there has there's there seems to be just as much depth in the npc characters that you encounter that are part of uh, Jin's story just as much character development reasons for doing what they're doing uh that they're putting into Jin and uh sucker punch just freaking amazing i mean these 
it's not a it's not a dog tier. It really is. Uh, it is um, not a dog. It is not a dog tier stuff. And it so, gets better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had someone I got to go back to and finish. I feel bad that I haven't finished it yet. It is so mm. good. Uh, so fantastic game. The other game I've been playing is still DNF Duel. I have finally settled on the second character. I am learning in the process of learning Ranger, who is the uh, kind of the, uh, the the cowboy character, uses the dual six guns. And I really like him because I think it's in DNF Duel, you. I know personally, whenever I get into a fighting game before I go online, I always like to have at least two two characters that I have just like like a, a base foundation for for me in this particular game. The first character I learned was Crusader, and now after much hemming and hawing, it's Ranger. But this is all this is pretty much a game that you really do almost need to have a second character in in your pocket because this is very like i've said before every character on this roster is broken to a degree and in the right hands you'll you will there there are infinites galore um the the game the round is not over just because you uh, and, and you can see this on YouTube just because you have a sliver of health one mistake by your opponent one missed combo uh, one whiffed throw and you can whittle someone's life bar even if they have up to that point not gotten hit you can whittle that life bar down to zero and win the round just simply by being in awakened mode because awakened mode when you have a certain amount of health your character gets uh, a, a, a series of passive buffs and they're different for every character and <laughs> you really do need to play the counterpick game when this and for me considering how considering crusader is a, is a large bodied character kind of slow but he hits like a freight train uh, it doesn't take much to whittle someone's uh, health bar down to nothing but he does have weaknesses when uh, dealing with faster more combo oriented characters and kind of to balance my my repertoire out i decided to go with ranger who is pretty much a mid-screen uh a, a mid-screen monster. His uh, he can get in close. He does have some very fast, uh, very quick recovery moves, melee moves. But his goal is to kind of keep you at mid-screen and just shoot you and uh, wear down wear down your your guard with those uh, six guns and grenades. And uh, I I'm, I'm in the process of learning him right now. Once I get uh, a basic understanding of uh, his repertoire, then I'll be ready to jump into the online space. So having a lot of fun with that. Played uh, some more of uh, Nin Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. I still haven't finished that game. Uh, I know the game doesn't take very long, but I'm playing it on the hardest level, and 
it is it, for me anyway. It is not the is not the easiest brawler that I've played. I'm uh, I think I've got maybe one or two more levels ahead of me before I can before I complete the game. But I'm still having a blast. It's just a total homage to those 16-bit and arcade TNMT games that I played back in the day. So absolutely loving that and. The last thing I mentioned is that uh, I, I'm not really into TV shows a whole lot. Uh, I can count the number of TV shows that I've watched. I used to be more into TV as a uh, teenager and in my early 20s, not so much now, uh, now that I'm older. But I have been mainlining the boys. <laughs> um, I don't know. For, for those who, uh, it's based off, of, I guess it's an indie comic series by the same name i've never met never read the comic book but the show is streaming it is an an amazon uh uh, creation and it's on their streaming service basically it's what the world would be if superheroes existed they're all pieces of shit i mean they're they're i mean literally they are some of the worst they are the worst of humanity, and the reason they are the worst of humanity, they're no better than than us, really, but they have the powers to get away with the shenanigans that they do. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and I think that's what what really what really sets this show apart from other superhero um from other superhero uh, uh, IPs, programs, you know, like, you know, like the DC universe, Marvel universe tries to make the superheroes the very best representatives of humanity. And the boys, I think, takes a much, much more realistic (laughs) viewpoint because humans are trash. And just because you have superpowers, it would not change anything. They do mm-hmm. some horrendous, some horrendous yeah, things. Yeah, they do. And I have, uh, I've mainlined seasons one through three. I wrapped up season three literally just a couple of days ago. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that they do a fourth one because I really, I really want to see where this goes. Uh, they probably particularly will. with Ryan. I hope so. Particularly with, with Ryan, some of the things that happened with, uh, with him at the very end, you see how some of the things uh, uh, that Homelander is doing is starting to affect him a little bit. And I'm not going to say who these peak characters are other than that. Uh, it is a great show. It is a great show. It almost kind of makes me want to see if I can I can uh, uh, locate the comic series. But um, um, the comics are you can the comics are around. You can yeah. definitely get them. Um, yeah, I almost kind of that. I don't know if it's completed or if it's still on. Oh no, it's done. It's done. Okay. Oh yeah, you can. It's done. You can get them all if you want. Um, okay. Yeah, they're so, done. Okay. So that's really all I have been doing uh, for my past week. So, all that said, we're going to move on to our next topic on our docket. That being the main event. All right, Diz, you got the mic. All righty, everybody. So uh, the main event, the reason why we're doing this one is because last time we had asked folks uh, what their 
you know, what their least favorite console was. And a lot of people, you know, just didn't want to talk about their least favorite. They wanted to see what their favorite console was. And uh, they responded in kind. So we said, hey, why don't we just put that out there and let people, you know, tell us which ones are their favorites. So for this one's, uh, for this week's question, uh, what is your favorite console that you have purchased in your lifetime and why? We decided to formally ask the question, so this can definitely uh, be because of the selection of games, first-party support, and etc. So just uh, let us know. And some of you definitely came through and let us know. So Wandering Nomad Damon on Twitter says the PS One uh, because of, and it seems like this is one of the one of the reasons why it is his favorite console is because it had uh, Biohazard, aka the first Resident Evil. Um, so I never played Resident Evil. I know what it's about. Never really found any, you know, never really, like, it's not my genre, but, uh, but I, I hear good things about it. And I love that you called it Biohazard, which is the original Japanese name. So, uh, GH Radio's Alfred on, uh, Discord said, uh, he listed five, his five favorites, which are number one was the Super NES. Number two was the PS2. Number three is the Xbox 360, Red Rings notwithstanding. Number four, NES. And number five being the Switch. And uh, lastly, Larry Hughes at Dreamscape0773 on Twitter says, Favorite system? I would have to give Sega props for the Dreamcast. Great system with a lot of innovation at the time. Um, I'd have to agree with you, Larry. I think one of the reasons why I really enjoyed the Dreamcast uh, was the controller and and it's in it's inter- uh, how you could interact with Sonic um, and do stuff with the controller. I think that it had a breadth of games that were just so good, um, but for whatever reason, it just did not. I mean, we know why it didn't pick up, and and that was pretty much the last one. But but that have to be one of my favorite systems as well. Uh, Kev, what is uh, one of your favorite systems, or what is your favorite system um, you purchased, and why? So, my favorite system, I, I technically I have two. If if let's you hear want to break it down, so yeah, number one, number one would be the Intellivision. The Intellivision was the first console I ever had. I didn't buy it; my parents bought it for me. But I just fell in love with the games. It had a controller that was a torture device on the hands. I mean, mm-hmm. I if I think about it, I can still feel the blisters on my thumb <laughs> playing, particularly playing high action games like Astro Smash or Star Strike or Space Battle, even Tron Deadly Disc. It, the Tron games for the Intellivision, that was like peak gaming for the late 70s, early 80s for me. It, it was. I just really fell in that. That's really what made me fall in love with gaming. Uh, And a lot of it also has to do with uh, family interactions. My mom had the highest high score for the house for the uh, sea battle section of Sharp Shot. Uh, She was able to get 50 points, which neither me or my dad were able to. We're putting in work. We came close. Yeah, she put in work, and we we were just, ah, is there a way to beat that? We would just play and play and play. So 
the Intellivision hits a lot of nostalgic fields, uh, not only because of the software lineup that it had. It, I, I love the sports games that were on that console because you really didn't need to know anything about the sport or how to play. The rules were very simplified. Even NFL football, which I think had three offensive plays and three defensive plays, <laughs> it was really easy to grasp and get a hold of. But also because of the the memories of folks that uh, I played with, uh, some of whom are no longer alive, and uh, it just really kind of hits me in the in the nostalgics, uh, which is kind of sort of why. It's just it just makes me sad that the Amico turned out the way that it did, uh, because it was, in in a way, it would be like reliving. Because uh, I'm a sucker for nostalgia, I freely admit that mm-hmm. uh, it would be a great way to relive some of that uh, with a modern coat of paint on uh, some of those great games. But my <clears throat> my favorite console is the Sega Saturn. And yeah. I'm a I'm a I'm a reluctant I was a reluctant convert to the Saturn um, because I, I you know for I don't I don't know why my init what, what what my initial reluctance was. Um, it's been so it's been so long, but what made me a Saturn convert was those 2D fighting and action games. Like the the Saturn was if you were into fighting games, you had to have a Saturn, particularly one that could play Japanese uh, uh, Japanese imports. And for a long, long while, uh, I had uh, I don't even I don't think my I I didn't have speed dial on my phone at the time. I don't know if speed dial was something that ex- that existed back in the <laughs> back in the the 90s or, or early aughts, but uh, your boy had NCS on speed dial, and every payday I was up and at it at uh, uh, six o'clock in the morning, uh, West Coast time, placing my orders. For Me and NCS. you both. <laughs> Yikes. Good old Susan at NCSX. Yes, yes. And so Susan, how may I help you? Oh, hi, Joe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kevin like, oh. got a call later. Okay, talk Pretty to you later. Much. Pretty much. I mean, and I had developed quite the collection, um, the the Schmups, Radiant Silver Gun, Ikaruga, um, some of the the Raiden at some of the Raiden games. The uh, the fighting games, the Street Fighter Alphas, the real bouts, just just practically arcade arcade perfect. And the other thing, the other reason why I I love the Saturn so much was because I missed out on the Neo Geo, uh, both the the cartridge based console because it was so freaking expensive. The games were so freaking expensive. But as well as the CD and the CDZ systems, the Saturn uh, ports of those games, particularly the ones that had the uh, the RAM cart, were arcade perfect. Just arcade perfect. You really didn't miss. I really didn't miss not having 
a Neo Geo when I'm playing real bout with the RAM card and it's looking just like uh, the game at uh, at Neon or at at, at uh, Festival Game Palace or wherever. I it loaded quicker on the Saturn than the CDZ. I owned yeah. the CDZ for a minute, so. Mm. So the Samurai Showdowns, all that stuff. Anyway, I had all those games, and uh, tragically, I made the biggest mistake of my of my gaming life when I gave those away. Long story, not going to get into it here, but uh, it just makes me cry when I look at the values of <laughs> all those mm-hmm. games that I had <laughs> on eBay and seeing what they're going for now and and it and it was it was really cool because once they introduced that universal ram cart i still got the games with the ram cart because oftentimes they would have you know some some artwork on the ram cart sticker that i you know i'm i thought was pretty dope like you know i had the you know marvel superheroes with the ram cart i had marvel versus you know X-Men versus Street Fighter with the RAM card, all that stuff. Your boy had all that stuff. And uh, some of the best uh, and funnest gaming uh, that I had, uh, even when uh, I didn't have other, other people to play with, uh, just fighting the computer in those fighting games was just an absolute blast. You know, Elevator Action 2, which is one of the most underrated 2d action games that uh come to come to my mind just an absolute blast so yeah so mine would be <laughs> that's my uh cool. that's my answer for the question awesome so so mine would have to be uh the super nes i that was the that was the first gaming system that i fell in love with um, I just loved all of the um, the games, just the, just the amount of games you could play on that, the amount of RPGs you played on that, just just everything about that system, the 8-bit graphics, the music, it just really, it just really moved me into a whole nother, a whole nother place, you know, in, in time. Um, the controller uh the fighting games everything about that system just just made me happy so that you know not a long thing about it i just i just remember playing that game and just absolutely just being in in awe playing that system and then just being at awe about about everything about it i just absolutely adored it um for uh and then the one thing that made it even better was when is when uh, Joe got his <gasps> game doctor, and uh, we were able to play uh, the Japanese games. I think once we were able to play Japanese games on it, I just absolutely just adored it even more because we were able to to actually play those those games and he got the uh the the game doctor and he started uh downloading different games and renting them and and we were playing all these japanese games you know just chef's kiss for all those fighting games the dragon ball z games just all of it just felt so cool 
to to play and to and to and to just you know do stuff i don't know it's just that system just i i just have tons of fond memories of that system uh and especially of just hanging out with joe in in joe's room as he as he game doctored it up and if you've ever seen joe's handwriting he has like this this master you know handwriting and he because he only he writes in like you know, all all capitals, but it's this very meticulous, slow cap. Like he's a comic book letterer's dream, and so he had all these like meticulously uh, uh, labeled games for his uh, game doctor, and and uh, I would go up there to his room because he lived he lived above like it was a three bedroom house, and you know he had his own room up up in I think it was to the right and. Um, and we would just, you know, walk in and, and I'd be like, hey, you know, you mind if I, you know, play a game? He'd be like, sure. And so he'd warm it up the game doctor and we would just start start playing games. I don't know. Just again, it just fantastic. Um, fantastic Great memories system. for sure. So, you know, I didn't want to be a pirate, but it was like really fun. Well, uh, I, at the we, time, I, I didn't even know such devices existed because back then there was no Internet. Um, I wound up picking up a... Uh, issue of game pro with an advertisement in the back for the game doctor i purchased and it was like kind of sketchy i had to wire money to this guy and they shipped it to me like about a few weeks later oh i i remember you getting it and us just being like okay and then and then you getting it and then getting those damn floppy disks and you know (laughs) yeah and i was just like okay and then um and then it just worked. It just worked. And you, I, you, you put that poor thing through its through its paces, buddy. Like, like it. You got your you got your money's worth on that on that. Like, you totally did. And I was just like, for sure, is... yeah. The um, floppy drive wound up going out on it, and I, I remember it uh, to my mutual friend me and John's friend Randy. I wound up giving it to him. I'm not sure if he ever got the uh, hard drive ever to work but not, i hope he did but you know so lovey uh all i know is it was fantastic i absolutely adored it and uh i still do to, i still do to this day and those games were were fantastic uh a close second would have to be um uh the ps2 um i really enjoyed uh the ps2 and the games uh that we were able to play on the ps2 so i think those those two systems uh were were definitely uh my favorite systems and the systems that really just made me just feel really really good so uh joe buddy uh what are some of the systems that you remember uh or what was your favorite system my friend um it's gonna have to be i hate the you know kev game came in with the sega saturn but the sega saturn has a uh Really fond, you know, place in my heart as far as all the game systems I purchased. And, you know, Kevin sung the praises already. For, for me, it was a surprise uh, getting the call from software, etc. Like, you know, when they surprise launched it at... Uh, the Jaguar. E3. Oh. No, I'm talking about the Sega Saturn. I know, but I thought you were talking about the Jaguar. No. Okay. No, I'm not talking about the Jaguar, buddy. Wow, he is pissed. I'm sorry. No, we already talked last week. I said the Jaguar is my least favorite system of all it was time. A, so it was a, it was a joke. Buddy. I know, I know. It's a joke. 
But uh, yeah, for me at least, uh, you know, getting that system on launch, coming home as a surprise, you know, I had to, you know, charge up the credit card to bring the system home, and I came home with what uh, Panzer Dragoon, came home with uh, Daytona USA, and of course the pack-in, which was uh, Virtua Fighter. All three games are fantastic. Um, and then that kind of went from there. I mean, pretty much, you know, even though PlayStation was pretty good at the time, once it launched, it kind of took a while for it to start getting some good momentum. I, you know, I think the launch of the PlayStation 1, only game I bought, I bought like Rayman and Battle Arena Toshinden, and everyone was losing their shit over Battle Arena Toshinden, but it couldn't, couldn't hold a candle to Virtua Fighter in my mind. After playing it, it played like crap. So, but, uh, you know, then from there, I mean, I got into importing, like, bigger than big. It was like, um, you know, either NCSX or calling Byright, of all places, that scammy-ass place in South Carolina, North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> On there, if you remember Byright. I heard of Byright. I never gave them a call and gave them any money. I, once, I, once I find, particularly something like that, once I found a legitimate source, I felt comfortable enough just sticking with it yeah i mean I, i've gotten some imports from there um i remember getting the uh, shinobi legends japanese import and just because the exchange rate was really wonky at the time i wanted to pay like 130 bucks for it it was like really just out the door crazy but uh any number of games that you mentioned kev plus just a tons more you know um you know groove on fight Run by, you know, uh, vampire savior, vampire, uh, dark stalkers, night, you know, um, Waku uh, Waku Seven. You got it. Galaxy fight. Hell, I love mm -hmm. the hell out of galaxy fight. You know, so, mm -hmm. uh, burning rangers, knights. You know, mm -hmm. dragon force. You know, shining force three. You know, you just name all the like niche guardian and, like, heroes. You got it. enemy zero. I mean. Panzer Dragoon Saga, Panzer Dragoon 2, you know, uh, Clockwork Knight was okay, you know, Astol, yeah, you know, yeah. you know, uh, fi Fighters Mega Mix, you know, Fighting Vipers, you know, all the Virtua Fighter spinoffs, Virtua Fighter Kids, man, oh man, oh man, oh man, you know, mm. you know it's just one after another. Problem with it is that, you know, the U.S. didn't get any... Uh, games, you know, Tomb Raider was first on the Saturn, you know, but PlayStation took all the smoke. So it's like, it just ha happened to ha kind of go down that way. But, uh, you know, I was uh, at the point where I was importing Japanese Saturn magazines from the Kunikuya. You know, that was how deep I was at the time <laughs> on there and importing uh, Sega Saturn magazines from the UK as well. So, you know, it's just... Uh, I have my preferences. I enjoyed PlayStation during the generation. N64 was trash. I'm just straight ass trash. So, you know, <laughs> you can take your $80 cartridges. Besides any of the Nintendo, like, you know, tentpole games, you can, you can wipe my ass with that damn system. Really? Pa no bad, Castlevania huh? 3D? Hell to the no no. <laughs> Nintendo didn't know nothing about nothing, you know, so... The system was ass, and you had to pay up the up the ante with all those carts. No, mm -hmm. nah, nah, bro, nah. <laughs> that bad, huh? 
Not bad. Did you have an N64, Des? No, I never had okay. an N64. Yeah, because, you know, there's a certain segment of kids that N64 was their first system, and they just, just love it to this day. They just love it. You know, Mario 64 is great. Ocarina of Time was great. You know, what else do you have? I mean, there's probably a few games I'm missing. Pokemon Stadium, you know, get out of here. Uh, Goldeneye. 007? Goldeneye. 007? Yeah, 007 is good. I played, I played, I played. I played the... Everyone dies for that game. They're like, that game was just OG. Like, Perfect Dark was okay too, you know. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm struggling to think what else, you know. Waiting a Bloody Roar '64, you know, whatever crappy game with '64 at the end. No, I'm good. Damn, so, so serious. <laughs> but, okay, we yeah, already, we already talked the, about the ones we hate, Joe. We <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> but uh, also Saturn, and then um, second place would have to go to the Dreamcast. I know that Sega felt like you know they had to go out fighting, and they did. On there, obviously, it wasn't enough to you know fight the the powerhouse of Sony and the PlayStation. I know at the time, you know, especially with everyone was like stoked for that rubber ducky demo and like you know getting that second were, job. You got it. Well, that was PS3, but you know. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. At the time, I was it's like I hated PlayStation. It's like you know, I was all about the Dreamcast. <laughs> I want Sega to get their second and third wind and you know lo and behold uh, yeah no they didn't sorry and i grew to they actually enjoyed the playstation and you know regardless of sony at the time i just thought sony was arrogant you know at the time and the, you, know, you could probably say they were sure. a lot of the great ps2 games were from third parties you know so sure yep but uh, that, and those are my favorites for sure. I mean, this is funny. Um, You're all like, they're they're big evil. I'm like, are they really? I mean, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, well, I'm I'm looking all system warish, aren't I, over here? A little bit, <laughs> a little bit. But that's okay, buddy. You know, when you when you put on your rose colored glasses and you start thinking about you know the past. Oh, I mean, I owned the N64. I owned it. I, all, all I collected for the N64 was freaking dust. That's all, all I collected for it. So. I mean, there was there was um, Mario Party and uh, Mario Kart and stuff. So people, you know. I didn't even, like, I, I felt Mario Kart 64 was, like, a, a, inferior to the SNES Mario Kart. But that was just me, so. Damn. All right. Such a. Anyway, such, a, such an elitist. I know it's crazy. So, so uh, uh, thank you everybody for taking the time uh, to to respond to our question. And for this week's question, we, I'm going to send it over to Kevin as he has a question for you all. Kevin, what's that question? So uh, recently, Peter Moore did an interview, and it's it's actually one of the news articles that we're going to discuss on this uh, on this episode. Uh, without getting too much into his comments, the long and the short of it was uh, he said that uh, they were encouraged to participate in corporate console wars in their marketing and in their, you know, I, I guess in their in their public statements. And the, the reason behind that was to uh, spur uh, healthy competition, the end result being getting a better product. Now, for those of you who have Netflix, you may have seen Top Score. Top Score kind of goes into a little bit of uh, kind of like the ins and outs of certain games. And I know they have an episode dedicated to the uh, Sega Genesis uh, SNES battle. 
Um, I, I know there have been books written about that. There was a lot of stuff going on be, back and forth between uh, Nintendo and Sega. Nintendo doing some uh, kind of underhanded shenanigans mm. to to keep Sega to keep Sega down, and then and, you know, Sega's marketing. You know, Genesis does what Nintendo don't, and a, a whole lot of that. And even going back to uh, kind of like the origins of console gaming, the George Plimpton commercials with Intellivision, you know, showing uh, Intellivision baseball next to the Atari 2600 version of baseball and uh, just just kind of very, you know, kind of in your face, kind of direct, this is why our product is better, but at a corp, at a, on, on, on the corporate level and the Belief was, and I tend to agree. You know, well, I won't say what I what I think why what I agree with it, but the idea behind it was that this con this console warring at the corporate level uh, spurned competition between the companies. The end consumer was then getting a better product, and I guess a, a, to a certain degree that that continued uh, through the you know through the generations. We saw that. Uh, you know, with Xbox and PlayStation, when with uh, early on with their original console, and even when they came out with the 360. And my question to our listeners is: for those of you that remember some of that, who are old enough to remember, you know, old as dirt like I am, and, and can remember some of that, do you think that the console wars gave us a better product? Uh, and taking all the social media hostilities that you know the personal attacks that people get into, uh, removing that out of the question, if you could pull, if you could pull that nonsense out, uh, do you think that when you think about those past console generations, and when you think about what's going on now with kind of like there's an attempt to homogenize gaming as a whole? Uh, do you think you had a, if not a better product, a more interesting reason to make a decision one over the other than you do now? So uh, that would be my question to the folks. Uh, did the console wars give you a better product or at least give you a clearer choice in your in your gaming purchase decisions? So that's going to be my question for uh, my our uh, uh, question of the week for next week's show. So with that, I'm going to pass the mic on to Jabroni Chief for that gaming news. The Jabroni News. You know what? And I'll mention the um, question your main event question news story and this is basically an interview that the xbox executive prior xbox executive peter moore gave with ign and they commented that he said that his team quote unquote encouraged the console wars during his xbox 360 era tenure as the way to drive competition between microsoft and sony uh, according to him, this competition had helped the industry, uh, and he saw Microsoft continuing to commit to video games besides the 360s 
costly red ring of death debacle. And this is a direct quote from Peter Moore. It says, we encourage the council wars not to create division, but to challenge each other. Uh, when I say each other, I mean Microsoft and Sony uh, on here. If Microsoft hadn't have stuck the course after the Xbox, after the red rings of death, gaming would be a poorer place for it. You wouldn't have the competition you'd have today on here. So, you know, and he also quoted saying that if we didn't resolve uh, Red Rings of Death the way that we did. I know darn well that there'd be no Xbox today on here. So that's you know, his statement about the whole thing. So if you didn't remember way back when, there was, uh, you know, obviously uh, millions of consoles affected with the Red Ring of Death on here uh, that uh, they initially attempted to downplay customer concerns, but uh, they wound up publishing a letter back in July of 2007 promising a three-year warranty and offering free returns. Um, you know, Peter Moore has commented that this was a make-or-break moment for Microsoft in the past and claimed the company expected to spend about $1.15 billion on replacement consoles. So, on there. And, you know, we could discuss it a little bit more, but, you know, maybe we'll have to hold our discussion for next week for the main event question. How's that sound, guys? That sounds great. Sounds good. Okay, just want to kind of throw it out there just to give you guys a point of reference as far as um, talk a little bit more about what Kevin was uh, kind of rolling with with the questions. So definitely we'll talk about it more next week and give you our opinions and hopefully get your opinions as well. So. All right. And more Jabroni news. Uh, Valve uh, just announced this past week that they are going to be able to fulfill all current Steam Deck reservations by the end of the year on here. So uh, they thought initially due to supply chain constraints that, you know, obviously that they weren't going to be able to fulfill uh, every uh, reservation uh, that was slated to, you know, ship by Q4. But, uh, you know, basically that they've been ramping up production to the hundreds of thousands in March and June and saw announced shipments would double. In the coming months, and they basically have confirmed now that everyone that has reserved a Steam Deck so far will be able to get one. Many of the supply chain shortfalls that affect Steam Deck are gradually clearing up, and we're continuing to ramp up production, so we're able to produce more decks faster than ever before. Um, it, this meant that it's going to be able to fulfill demand sooner than it estimated for everyone in the reservation queue. So. Uh, people in the reservation queue has been updated, so some customers previously in the Q4 were solidly moved over to Q3, which is July to September. Everyone else now solidly in the Q4 window is from October to December. In other words, as long as you're currently in the reservation queue, you will get your Steam Deck by the end of the year on there. And it says there all new reservations would go in the Q4 bucket. Eventually, if those fill up, then they'll you know start going to Q1 of 2023 at that point on there. So, but uh, Valve is happy that they're able to get Steam Decks into everyone's hands faster than they expected. It's been great to see all the positive feedback, impressions, and amazing things that uh, everyone's been doing with their Steam Decks. We can't wait for to see even more in the coming months on there. So. So definitely, you know, for those out there that are excited to get their hands on the Steam Deck, I think this is a great, great news on here. I think it's been a kind of a smashing success for Valve. I know there has uh, been a number of noted 
uh, companies from China that are also coming out with like you know little handheld PCs that take inspiration from the Steam Deck on here, including like the AI, AI Neo on there, and there's a few other machines that are kind of making their way out there. Some you know affordable machines too, like you know basically some machines that are just a little bit more than the Switch on there, but basically run the Steam OS on there. So. Any excitement, uh, either of you two, as far as for handheld PC gaming, or is this something that's more of a wait and see kind of thing for you guys? I'm still sort of wait and see. You know, um, I still have my computer. The computer that that I have is working for me. I'm not going to change it up at the, at this point. So I'm really wanting to see how it's going to be for you. You know, you're the one that has the Steam Deck and. And you have the Steam connector and all this other stuff. So I'm I'm wanting to see how how it's going to work for you. So uh, I took it out this week. Um, I signed in. I logged in. I got my password. Everything set up. I was looking at my library and seeing what Steam Deck, you know, um, abled games I could download. And I started looking at some of my indie games, specifically like Into the Breach, Owlboy on there. Mm-hmm. that I think I'd be able to run uh, in pretty good fidelity on the Steam Deck. You know, there was a, a Nihon Falcom game I wanted to check out, uh, Legends um, Trails from the Sky, or... Let me Trails uh, Cold Steel? No, 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 not that series. It's the prequel to that series. Yeah, so. I remember which prequel you're talking about. Legend yeah. of Cold Steel, which is the Tales of the Sky or something like that. It's a Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky. It's a yeah. PSP port to Steam yeah. on there, and I was looking to check play yeah. that on the portable. Yeah, it's coming here, out for the for the main systems too, though. So that's I don't think, and that's not coming out yet. Uh, there's the Trails is, Zero, the Trails from Zero, which is a prequel to the uh, Trails of Cold Steel, but this is an entirely different series. So. Yeah, I know, but it'll probably there, come but, out. We'll see. It's, it's been a while since it came out on Steam, but I'll probably be playing that on my OLED, and then I'm going to see as far as what other games I could fire up and take a look at, you know. Um, I also just recently got from uh, Koei Tecmo, sent me, I won a Twitter contest to get a copy of Warriors of Rochi 3 Ultimate Definitive Edition, because, you know, you got through Ultimate and Definitive Edition both at the end on there, but, uh, you know, I'm looking to see uh, how the Steam Deck's going to kind of play in the mix for me, especially with me already having a desktop PC, and if it's going to be worthy for me to, you know, game on the thing or not, because I know some people out there are looking at as a gateway to get into PC gaming, meaning that they're going to, you know, obviously hook it up to a monitor and, you know, hook up a keyboard, mouse, you know, look into the emulation aspects of it as well, and so... All that's you know cool. I'm gonna definitely see what advantages there are to play Steam games in bed, you know, or Steam games at on the go. We'll, we'll kind of take it from there. So, any thoughts on the Steam Deck, uh, Kev? Uh, for me, I think it would just be how what its emulation uh, is there, and am I going to be able to? Because all of my Steam games are like. PS3, Xbox 360 era games. So I don't really plan on on I, I'm 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 console boy for life. That that that's pretty oh, much nice. been made clear. That's pretty much been made clear for me, uh, particularly with the way high end PC gaming has decided to go. So 
the only thing if if this thing could run you know my transformers games that i have on pc uh you know those ps3 xbox 360 era titles third-party games that i have i have no interest in running the latest and greatest on it and i could use it as a as an emulation box you know kind of like what the uh, the what is that? The pie? The the what is that? Retro the pie. Retro pie. Uh, is raspberry and, pie. Or the yeah. raspberry pie. Yeah, they're like the raspberry pie uh, has has done. If I can bring stuff like that and play my Final Fight LNS and those uh, fan made Double Dragon beat 'em ups, I and kind of have it be in, a, in an operating system to where I'm not having to jump between a whole bunch of different things, uh, it, then, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably be very interested in it. Um, I don't know how much work it would I would have to do in order to get it to do it the way I would want it to, or even if that would be possible. But, uh, you know... Um, Otherwise, I'm perfectly happy with my 1070 uh, desktop that I have connected to my TV. Um. I'll maybe have to send you some links because there's good emulation links or um, like uh, small mini computers that are selling out of China right now that uh, can emulate all the way up to like um, Switch and Wii U on there. So I definitely I know you're looking more. Uh, I don't know if you're looking for retro systems or like more like MAME. No, I, I'm looking to more like MAME, you know, playing old school arcade games, that type of thing. I, I really, if I can, because I like I do have the, um, uh, I have a retro system and I can't, you know, I was about to say the name of it. I, I, the name is, is escaping me now. It's the one that has the little cartridges. I was singing its praises a few episodes ago. Retro and, kid? Uh, yeah, the, it, yeah, something like that. And um, I really like what they're doing, in which they're bringing out these old school arcade games in a cartridge format. They all they have a, a handheld and a desktop uh, console. I have the desktop console. I have it connected, and uh, I have several of their uh, collection carts. I like that aspect because I think it, it it puts a little money in the pocket of the original de- of the, the the company that originally developed these old school games, and I think it's a more uh, friendly it's a friendlier way of emulation if that makes sense you know the Plus, uh, Evercade Evercade yeah uh, I go. really like the Evercade uh, so I'm going to be you know I'm. I'm going to be emulating on that route whenever possible, but you know, I seriously doubt you know Final Fight LNS is coming to Evercade. It'd be dope if it did, <laughs> but you'd have uh, to put a homebrew on that bad yeah, boy. I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah. yeah, so you know, uh, that's kind of where I am with uh, what I would be doing with a Steam Deck. All right, good deal. Well, thanks for the input from you guys, and I'll definitely let and the listeners know more. I know Will D is especially like you know when are you gonna 
crank this thing up, you know, and do what you're going to do with it and, and give us some good impressions. I'm actually, I have it open right now. I am looking in the OS at, as we speak, but uh, hey, we got a podcast to do, so. <laughs> but I'll definitely give you some impressions of the doc I ordered and giving the name of it and kind of go from there on there. But uh, other news this p past week, uh, you know, given the fact that we've been talking about some of the Comic-Con announcements last episode, uh, there is a rumor right now that Electronic Arts is making a single-player open-world Black Panther game on here. So, um, according to Giant Bomb, the title is in its early stages of development and is very likely being produced at a recently established EA studio headed by former Monolith Productions boss Kevin Stevens. On here, it's a single-player uh, game. It's in very early development. The game starts with Black Panther being um, dead. On here, the player is going to be taking on the challenges of becoming the new Black, Black Panther, and that seems to be the set for the game. On here, so... And uh, Jeff Grubb was the one that talked about this uh, at Giant Bomb. So many of the details he has on the game are taken from the pitch for the title. Uh, the game is reportedly known as Project Rainier, uh, which refers to the Mount Rainier in Seattle, where the new EA studio is located. On here, um, you know, if you didn't know, Monolith Productions, uh, and specifically the former studio head Kevin Stevens, uh, joined the company to lead a new studio would be focusing on the development of open-world action-adventure games on here. Uh, Stevens oversaw uh, Monolith during the development of both Middle-Earth Shadow of Mordor and Middle-Earth Shadow of War. So it's going to be in that wheelhouse on here on that. So, And uh, we'll have to see whether, whether EA could pull it off or whether this is going to be another one of these Star Wars, you know, um, you know, community-focused, like, you know, and just, like, basically comes out to nothing i hope they could push it through and come up with a great black panther game because i definitely think the ip deserves it on there and kind of go from there and it, from you know being the mind trust of people that brought you both the you know shadows of mordor shadows of war i mean shadows of war uh, yeah, Shadow of Mordor, Shadow of, War, Shadow of War, Middle Earth on there. I think it probably has some potential. Hopefully it's in that same wheelhouse. So, Kev, what's your opinion on this? Are, are your hopes queued up, or since it's EA, are you kind of just, eh? Uh, um, I don't trust EA to do this any kind of justice. I, I respect what... Um, uh, the former head of Monolith, uh, his repertoire, because Shadow of Mordor was absolutely fantastic. But Shadow of Mordor, particularly when you compare it to Shadow of War, you can tell that EA really didn't have their grubby fingers into Shadow of Mordor, whereas they did in Shadow of War to the point where you had to buy DLC in order to even finish the freaking game. Oh, that was Warner Brothers. Oh, oh that was Warner Brothers. I thought. Yeah, was okay. Yeah. yeah, he left. Uh, yeah, he left Warner Brothers and went over to EA afterwards. So. Okay, and that was a very EA move. So my apologies for getting my 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 corporations confused. I just don't trust them. I, I thought I thought uh, Fallen Order was just generic as hell. It. it I I don't know. 
I would I would very much like to see Black Panther get a quality a quality game, but I just don't know if you know maybe this could be a turning point for EA in which they keep their their grubby th- let the let the quality of the title speak for itself and let that generate the sales and generate the revenue. Uh, hopefully they do that with this. Otherwise, I, I'm I'm just not confident in in EA. I'm just not. I'm not. I don't blame you. <laughs> like seriously, I don't blame you. Yeah, you know, they don't seem to. I be. can see like um, Chadwick Boseman DLC. Uh, you know, coming coming out with this. I can see a lot of that stuff uh, being done with this game, and it would overall just leave a really bad, uh, bad taste in my gut. And I, I just don't. I just have no. I just don't trust EA to do the right thing. I don't. But we'll see. If I'm hopeful. Good, I'd definitely love to play it. I'd love yeah. to play a Black Panther action yeah. game. Yeah, I'm hopeful. But if they just said that this was coming out by Insomniac or anyone else, you know, I'd be a lot more um, like excited for it. But I'm with you, Kev. I don't, I don't know what to expect. I'm, I'm hoping for the best, but you know, expecting the worst. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so ooh, I don't know. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, if Mon- the guy from Monolith went anywhere else besides EA, we would have to say probably have a more realistic or more opportun- opportunistic um, viewpoint of it. But yeah, it's EA. I mean, yeah. to me, EA is like, you know, I hate to say it, but the, like the whole like you know just mass produced games and like you know focus test the death basically you know and sitting there and trying to drill in i mean what are you gonna have black panther ultimate team i mean i have no clue but i'm pretty sure they'll try <laughs> they will i know i want them to do single player you games will see no the cosmetics. chadwick boseman memorial dlc that's what you're gonna see you're gonna see mm-hmm. a lot of that and i i as disgusting as that sounds, EA is the type of corporation to do something like that. They just are. Well, we'll have to see. But uh, another license game, uh, speaking of which, um, is also in the news and it might not be all that great news, unfortunately. So, according to reports, the um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake is quote, in quote unquote in serious trouble and delayed indefinitely. According to a new report, Bloomberg is reporting that Aspire has fired both the game's art director and design director this month and told staff to hotly anticipate a remake is, quote unquote, on pause on here. I guess what happened with this is as Aspire, who has been working on the game for three years already, demoed a vertical slice to Lucasfilm and publisher Sony at the end of June. But basically, after the vertical slice, Aspire bosses told staff that this demo was, quote unquote, wasn't where they wanted it to be on here. And uh, 
they basically have yet to comment publicly, of course, but uh, Bloomberg said that this proportionate amount of time and money went into the demo and the project is not sustainable. Spire targeted a late 2022 launch for Kotar, uh, the remake, but a more realistic target would have been 2025 on here and they are scrambling to find a new project on here and saber interactive which is also part of embracer group uh all encompassing umbrella of developers have been drafted on to help in this past may and they may assume direct control of the remake on here so and they consider it to be a quote-unquote massive product so on there, meaning that they probably need to take their time and not just crank out a remaster on here, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we kind of look at the, you know, what Blue Point does, and, you know, Sony picked them up because of what they do, that they take, you know, these old prior games and kind of spiff them up and um, with a uh, lesson staff kind of, you know, bring these games out anew on the newer systems, but, you know, it does take a particular art to it and aspire unfortunately uh, previously it was just porting a bunch of star wars games and they're kind of you know real like you know dirty ports if need be so, dirty ports wow you know got them up and running but not not necessarily <laughs> with a new sh- uh, sh- you know sh- sh- coat of paint per se you know more like it was just the point that uh you know, they got them out and functioning or working on, say, the Switch. You know, they brought a bunch of Star Wars ports out for different uh, consoles and on PC on there. You know, it wasn't a uh, kind of build, you know, kind of rebuilt from the ground up that kind of Blue Point did with the PS3, starting with the PS3 generation with their, like, ports of, like, Ico and whatnot and HD collections. And, of course, you know, their uh, redo of Shadow of the Colossus and PS4 era on there of course they're demon souls like remake on here so it's just a different thing and i know that this kotar project was more of a like a, a redo like blue point kind of specializes in where they're actually recrafting the game uh based on the prior blueprint of what kotar brought to the table and it just seemed like they weren't up to the task unfortunately on here so we'll have to see if uh you know if saber interactive kind of picks up the ball and kind of rolls then from there and kind of gets everything going and get it going. And I, I, you know, I know out of everyone on the show, probably you, Des, and I'll go and defer to you to get your overall like impressions and or you know take on this because I know you're a big uh, Knights of the Old Republic fan. You know, it's sad. I'm not gonna lie, it is sad. But at the same time, like I can still play the original and uh, and I can. Play play the original and I can have fun with that and and everything can be can be okay you know I just hope that the reason why they did it was for a good reason and not some you know some evil you know dumb shit so um that is my that is my hope with this whole situation is that it was um it was for a specific reason you know and it's not going to be some some you know crazy craziness that's happening so and if they need to take time to get a good team in there that's fine um i just want i just want the best quality system that i can um or game that i can get um so so while it sucks 
um, I can't be I can't be that mad because I, I, I I'd rather it be good than anything, you know, so. But um, but it is it is depressing, <laughs> a little depressing because oh, because yeah. I, I I I I wanted to see what they were going to do, um, and I wanted to see what it was going to look like, um, so. They're still working on. It. I mean, I know they but... are, but but it just means that it's going to take more time to to do it. So I'm just kind of like, you know, you know. Crap. Yeah, if it's coming out in 2025. It might as well just kick it to the next gen exactly it's like let's have a well i think they're trying to get it so the all the new star all the new star wars projects are coming out um in 2025 so i think they're trying to get it done by then so um but at this point you don't really know you know which is fine i can't be terribly that upset about it you know again i can play the other one um and and i'll be okay <laughs> I'll be you, okay. Got, you got the new adventures of cal to look forward to you know next year <sighs> yeah awesome thanks jedi cunningham yes. yeah thanks joe <laughs> hey that game was good right it's not bad you know it could be better but it definitely wasn't bad i, I thought it was really good it's just i just got tired of him you know i really would say just let you make your own character and go at it but whatever you know, maybe, uh, you know, you'll have to join Kevin, download some Force Unleashed and get the decapitation mod or something. <laughs> well, mean, they, 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 there is no decapitation mod for, for, well, well, uh, well, for Force Unleashed there is, but not for the, uh, Jedi Fallen Jedi, Order. Jedi Fallen Order because EA locked him, locked, did something with their tools in the game development where they can't do that they can't do mod they can't mod that game or That's nobody's terrible. been able to crack it maybe somebody has by now but they haven't been able to figure out why you know f- figure figure their process out in order to give it proper mods well, that's just sad yeah oh well oh well i blame joe not my fault. Me, Teflon Don over here. Not my fault. Well, other news this past week. Um, talking about system um, updates and whatnot. PS5 is finally getting support for 1440p. Uh, the much, you know, requested support for the front end of the PlayStation 5. So if you have a PC monitor or if you want to play your uh, hot games in 1440p to get more frames... Guess what? You can start running it up in 1440p. It's right now. It's out to um, beta firmware uh, people. As far as if you sign up for the beta on here, especially if you want the high refresh rate uh, monitor and to be able to play games in super the greatest mode, especially for fighting game fans too on here. So we'll have to see how that kind of goes up. But yeah, there's going to be 1440p. Um, games rendered in that resolution. 4K games will be downsampled for better anti-aliasing too. So just in case, if you want to maybe make your games run just a little bit better on here, that uh, you'll be able to go and run in 1440p if needed on here. Digital Foundry notes that the firmware supports 120 hertz at 1440p, 
in either um, HDR or SDR, but not variable refresh rate. So if you wanted to run variable refresh rate with 1440p, you're kind of up shit's creek, unfortunately. And VR would be like your comparable G-Sync, uh, FreeSync uh, kind of technologies if need be on here. Also for us common folk, another much requested feature is an addition of so-called game lists, which basically function as folders. So players can have up to 15 game lists and up to 100 games per game list. So you can actually create up to 15 folders and our you know game list and throw different games in there. So if you missed folders from prior uh, OSs, guess what? You will now get those. So woohoo! On their update also brings a whole host of other user experience improvements, including the ability to compare the difference between stereo and 3D audio, the ability to be able to request to view a friend's screen and get a notification when you could join a game played by your party member on here. So, so yeah, we'll have to see what goes on. Any comments from either of you two about the new firmware uh, improvements? Uh no, I any anything that well not really, but anything that kind of makes the game run better or smoother, I'm here for it. You know, I like the, the folders. Yeah, I like the folders. Yeah, I like the folders too. So we'll have to see once that shakes out because I like to be able to because you know I think right now with the PS5 you have like just the like first ten or fifteen games in your front end and they kind of disappear if you don't play them or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I like to be able to at least, you know, catalog some games and have them easily accessible. So, and being able to hide them is also a good idea too. So, yeah, that's already already been enabled too. I know, but but actually to have like a place where you can just put them all in because now you have to kind of click something that says like you know, you have to click something that says like oh you know this is what they're doing or this is where the thing is. So I'd rather, you know, just be able to have it all in one folder. You know, click it open and be like, okay, thanks. You know, this is where, this is where this is. I don't know. Just, just, it just makes it the accessibility and quality of life type stuff sound sound better. And other system news updates on the Microsoft side. Um, they announced uh, that in their um, beta firmware beta, it's going to rolling out to users as we speak on here for the selected Xbox insiders. Um, They're going to be able to chat using Discord on here and be able to connect with both PC and mobile Discord users in the OS. So this is going to be in test right now and be coming in the next few weeks and available to everyone soon. On here, while you're playing on the Xbox consoles, user will be able to see who's on the call and speaking. They'll be able to adjust the sound switch between Discord voice chat and Xbox games chat on here. So I know that PlayStation did have an alliance with Discord that was announced like maybe a year, year and a half ago, but we have not seen yet any sort of introduction of voice chat within the PlayStation 5 OS at the moment on there, but it is coming to Xbox, so... Uh, here so you know maybe a good reason for our game nights maybe to you know go on the uh, series x and s side of the fence if we have something to play it is, it, all it means is that phil's check cash was cashed faster that's all it means <laughs> you know phil did direct deposit sony mailed it in <laughs> exactly. yeah they mailed the check yeah. <laughs> they're like you know it's good you know it's good you know it's good <laughs> 
So we'll have, to, we'll have to see what goes on, you know, with this Discord integration. It should be good, good time for Xbox fans out there. You know, it might inspire me to fire up my uh, Series X, you know, maybe uh, one time. We'll see. So on here. One of the reasons I wanted to fire up my Series X, unfortunately, uh, it was in the news this week because the game got delayed on here. So Warhammer 40K Dark Tide has been delayed until November on PC with Xbox to be announced on here. So too bad, so sad. But uh, yeah, it was originally supposed to come out to on September 13th, but Fat Shark has announced it suffered yet another delay with the Xbox version held back even further. Uh, the PC version is set to release on November 30th, while the Xbox Series X and S versions will come shortly after PC with a specific launch date to come. Maybe Santa will bring it Right on uh, December, you know, 24th or whatnot. More than likely, uh, <laughs> once Christmas rolls around, especially with the November 30th date on PC, you're probably looking at probably beginning of 2023 mm-hmm. for this. But, you know, if you happen to be a Games Pass uh, PC owner, you know, owner, uh, subscriber, uh, you should be able to take advantage to play Dark Tide on PC on that date on there, so... But we'll have to see, you know, uh, one of the quotes from the article is that delaying a game is perhaps one of the most difficult decisions a developer faces and one we are not excited about making, uh, but we hope this speaks to our commitment to getting the, taking the time necessary and doing whatever it takes to get you the best possible game. While we've been humbled by the great feedback on the game so far, we need more time to improve stability, performance, and the mature key sets systems. Each is critical to making sure we have the best possible experience for you, the players. Ha ha. So... I had a ha-ha, of course. So, you know, so. <laughs> uh-huh. so now speaking Just of an, <laughs> another game that, you know, has been in gestation for a while. Hey, it's it's finally ready to go. You know, it's like it's it's been in Obsidian's belly, you know, you know being birthed, you know, gestating in its warm belly. But uh, Obsidian's Grounded is being born in this September, on September 27th, so... Yes, um, you know, the Gaming Vessels game, Xbox Game of the Year is coming out finally on here. So um, game director Adam Brennecke, um announced it, along with news of a final early access update, including a huge revision to the game's armor and upgrade systems on there. So, you know, poor guy made a video. It looks like, you know, he looked like he was in the duress or whatnot. But uh, there's also a secret feature called the home stretch included in the update. Well, they'll be turned on in a later date on here. So I'll we'll have to see. I know some people were kind of saying that, well, how come Xbox didn't make a big deal and, you know, get sing the praises of Grounded all across social media channels and you didn't really hear too, too much being talked about on this. But, uh, you know, once the game does come out, it has a full campaign playable either solo. So, Des, if you want to play this game solo and just, you know, get into my Honey, I Shrunk the Kids role play. Why would I play it solo when I can play it with you? I know. Like, that doesn't or make with, any sense. Or with Kev. We'll see. So. You know, I would I not. Playing it. Yeah, I, I would. playing it. That would be you and me. It would be you and me, bro. <laughs> Nobody got time for that. So uh, it's going to include new armor recipes, new weapons, a giant madness, and more when it arrives on PC and Xbox on September 27th. So if anyone out there wants to play, 
you know, like we we said before, you know, you show up a game night, say I want to play Granite guys. Uh, you know, put put our put us to the metal, put our feet to the fire. So we'll have to see. So. You may have to pay for my Game Pass subscription, but yeah, I'll pay for it. I'll, I'll play it. <laughs> All right. Any comments on Granite or anything else before we head off on the news? We can keep going, Joe. It's fine. Uh, all right. Thank you. <laughs> this, this has been the Jabroni News. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Wow. Okay. Well, thank you, Trader Joe, for bringing us, the, bringing us this week's gaming industry news. Game nights. It was time for our game night update. Game nights take place every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Folks, you want to jump onto our Discord, get into our Thursday game night channel, start posting the games you'd like to play with us there, and we will make make all efforts. If we don't, we probably already have the games. But if, we don't, if you want to play a game that we don't have, we have all the platforms. Just throw it up there and it will not be a problem for us to jump into a game with you all on Thursday evening and play with folks who are enjoying our show and interacting with you all there. So again, every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Also want to give a shout out to everyone who participated in our main event Big thank yous to Wandering Nomad, GH Radio, Alfred, and Larry Hughes, or Dreamscape0773 on Twitter. Um, you guys, we want this to be a listener-driven show. We thank you all for interacting with us on Twitter, in Discord, uh, helping us uh, to keep our community lively, because without you all listening... And uh, enjoying what we're putting out there, we just be three old yahoos yapping into the internet ether. So big thank yous there. Um, also, our Discord channel, I mentioned that a little bit earlier. How do you join the Discord? Well, you click the link in our Twitter. And uh, there is no process, there is no... A waiting period you just click the link and you automatically have access to all the channels to all the discussions that we have going on there particularly if you are tired of the dumpster fire that is the uh, mainstream social media even when you're talking about something that is supposed to be enjoyable and fun like video games and you would love to do that with uh, people of different opinions on that subject Minus the personal attacks <laughs> and threats, uh, you will find a great place to do that on our Discord channel. We're trying to build a neat little community there uh, for like-minded folks and folks who are not of like mind, uh, having different opinions on gaming, the gaming industry. All this, all points of view are welcome there. So. If you dig what to what you've heard and you want to respond to something uh, that you've heard us talked about, talk about, or if even you yourself would like to be on our show and get your perspective on gaming out to our listeners, you're going to want to send an email to gamingvessels 
at gmail.com. As I mentioned before, we do have a Twitter channel. That's at Gaming Vessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Uh, so hit us up there, hit us up on our, at our Gmail and, uh, let us know what's going on. If you'd like to be on the show and of course, join our discord individually. We have our own social media accounts. I can be found on Twitter at shownuff 71. That's S H O N U double F the number 71 P PlayStation network. I am shownuff seven, same spelling with the number seven at the end. Xbox, I am Shonuff071, same spelling with 071 at the end. Steam, I am Shonuff71, same spelling as originally. And my Nintendo Switch friend code is 7658-2155-3309. So, Dez, where you at, bro? All righty, y'all can find me on Twitter at TheNemo6. That's T-H-E-N-E-M-O-S-I-X. On uh, PSN, Steam, and Xbox Live, you can find me at Nemo Tigger. That's N E M O T G G R, and my Nintendo friend code is five two eight zero six six seven four four five one nine. And as always, if you message us, please let us know how you found out about us. Mention the show or something because we want to speak to people, not bots. They know why. Uh, Joe, Mister Jabroni Chief, where can people find you, buddy? They can find me on the streets. They really can. Yeah. Getting those pitchforks going after Mr. Dez. Why? Why Why you got to come after me? Hmm? Nah, no reason, Bo. Mm -hmm. uh, you can find me on Twitter, uh, also on PSN, also on Steam under the handle Jabroni Chief, J-A-B-R-O-N-I-C-H-I-E-F. And also, uh, I'm also on Xbox under the same handle with a number behind it, 374, and uh, my Nintendo friend code, 4712-5953-1409. Catch me on the street. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what, you throwing hands? Y'all throwing hands? That's what I thought. I was like, oh, damn. All right. <laughs> He's not playing, y'all. I'm walking my dogs. That's what I'm doing, actually. <laughs> Sad to say. Okay, so folks, we appreciate you rocking out with us. That is going to bring episode 179 to a close. <laughs> For Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the High Res Hater, a.k.a. the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. the Gamer Step Daddy, and for Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Hit them streets, yo. <laughs> Hit that ramp. No. Fitty, hit that ramp. <laughs> Jabroni, hit that ramp, Jabroni. <laughs> Jabroni, hit that ramp. Otherwise, okay, guys. Otherwise known as the food max of gaming can maximize your gaming dollar. I am Shonuf71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple Bling Bling. Yo. Yo. Saying we'll be back next week. Episode 180 in your ears. Peace.